This week's episode is brought to you by Distilled Experiences. You can find your exclusive Kentucky experience at distilledexperiences.com. And with the code MyBourbonPodcast, you can get 15% off every public tour. Once again, that is the code MyBourbonPodcast. For every public tour, you get 15% off. And you just might have good old Pear Bear as your host or tour guide, whatever it is. Anyway, shall we do the show? Yeah, we shall. Hooray, let's do it. everybody and welcome to another episode of this is my bourbon podcast this is episode 119 i am your host perry curtis and swan are here with me this week guys i've missed y'all we missed you too we're back oh, okay yeah. i missed you man i just it, like life sucks at times and it's like we just want to all sit to sit down together and drink some bourbon and Unfortunately, we get too busy and yep, things can't. happen, you know. But I'm happy that it it it's actually happened again. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, episode 119. It's insane. Still kicking, man. <laughs> kicking like a baby in the womb. Yep. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's yep. good. Sounds uh, good. We start every episode out with Flying Blind. And this week's Flying Blind is very special. It is brought to you by listener of the show, Kyle Galagos, who sent us a flight of blind samples. Uh, there's four of them. He sent us an envelope as well that is sealed. Don't know what is in any of these uh, sample bottles. So we've got A, B, C, and D. What do you guys think about the nose on A? Nutty. Let's go with this. Walnuts, a little it, bit of it, almond. It smells very familiar. I mean, yeah. it would it would surprise me if this were not a Jim Beam, Knob Creek pick. I'm not getting much other than it's just familiar. Yeah, it's kind of floral, too. Yeah, I would have a hard time believing this is like really up there in proof. It's just from the nose. Oh, no, the palate does not taste like it's 120 proof. No, but it is tasting like it's closer to like 100 to me. I would I would go more 110. Yeah. I don't think that it's a Russell's pick, but it kind of, it reminds me more of a turkey profile after tasting it as opposed to nosing it. I don't I don't know what this is. I don't either. I do like the Knob Creek thing. I think yeah. it's older. I would see this maybe as like uh that Knob Creek twelve that I tried, the hundred proof Knob Creek twelve that they put out. Yes. That's kind of reminiscent of that. Yeah. The honey is what's throwing me off. I, I don't think it's a wild turkey product. I don't I The honey <clears throat> is reminding me of wild turkey. The nuttiness is leading me Jim Beam. The finish what, is fabulous by the way yes that's what's leaning me towards towards jim beam as well is it doesn't have the profile of of a wild turkey for me that is very good 
I'm thinking this is a wild turkey. This feels like a Kentucky spirit pick to me. Really? Okay. I would I would be more inclined to lean towards a Russell's pick. I think that it has more on the palate <clears throat> that would indicate a higher proof. I could see that. Either way, phenomenal. Dude, I like very, it. Very, very, good. very nice honeyed finish. Um, it really sticks with you. The oil in this is kind of intense, but it's good. Yeah. No, the mouthfeel is phenomenal. Yeah. I would say. Uh, sample B? Yeah, sure. So we have no clue. Like, we won't be able to... Uh, I have... No, we. Uh, I'll be able to tell us at the end because I have the envelope oh, with and everything then we in open. it. Okay, But, cool. like, we're going through all of these totally blind there's just a there's a note that i don't get with wild turkey products and i can't put my my finger on it that's why i said the kentucky spirit because i've had a few that lean me in just a completely opposite direction of what they normally do maybe that's it maybe that's what it is because there's some that it's like oh this is a curated wild turkey 101 and then there's others that are just left field Sample B. Well, this one seems left field. It's really good, though. Sample B is total 180 from Sample A. Oh, look at that color. Oh, it's beautiful on Earth. But it's it's not like a really deep, dark color. It's just a very kind of traditional bourbon, like amber light not light honey but like yes heard is there a phone that went off siri's trying to <laughs> help us out oh here. my banana Sorry. you getting banana if you're saying banana yep. i'm going brown uh, uh, uh brown foreman immediately okay this is very banana this is like banana bread yeah see brown foreman but also maybe 1792 just Full because proof. You thinking like a foolproof or something? I was thinking maybe. I would be more inclined to go Jack Daniels barrel proof. Oh, you know, I haven't thought about that. I've never had that, so I wouldn't know. There is some banana notes on those, but they are very good. You know, you want to dislike it because you read Jack Daniels on there, but it's... It's good. Especially the ones with the nice like brass neck tags that they have. If it's not Jack Daniels, it's an old Forester. This does remind me of the Trifesta pick of Jack Daniels that I got to try. Mm-hmm. Which wow. actually, I know some. Uh, I know where where you can get some more of those. Me too. It's bananas, Is it the same place? And, probably, and, and banana chips, especially on the palate. Yeah. Oh, the palate is banana heaven. It's bananas. Bananas. I was drinking, or I would have joined in as well. Yeah, yeah, I I saw that. I think a Jack Daniels is a good call. I I would be surprised if this were not a barrel-proof Jack Daniels barrel select. It just it it screams Brown Foreman. The only thing right off the bat throwing me for a loop is as far as the Jack Daniels is this feels like it's got more age on it than the one that I tried. On the palate. I'm getting more barrel char influence than I did on the Jack Daniels barrel proof. Like the... I mean, it, it could be older. There's no saying that true. all of their barrel selects are the exact same age. So... 
I think I like the first one better. I like the banana on on the the nose. I mean, it's one of the most prominent like this leans towards banana that I've had. This is yeah, this product whatever it is is definitely the most banana bourbon or whiskey I've ha- I've ever had. Even more so than like 1792. And I feel when we yeah. when we had 1792, we all were the small batch specifically. Now I, I will say I do not dislike this. I think that it is no, it's good, really good. Yeah, but it does lean a little bit more one note yeah. in that banana profile, and it definitely does lean uh, banana bread. Yeah. So we'll f- we'll find out here in a minute. Right now, I'm pouring sample C though. Huh? What? Oh? Huh? <laughs> This is fun. I enjoy this. I love doing blind samples. Ooh. He, I think, is definitely leaning into the proof hound portion of this because there's a lot of very dark, ambery whiskey. And if you look at it, it is so cloudy. The The legs as well are bananas. <laughs> B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> you can get not lost to, in that loop. Yeah. Not to be confused. Not to be confused with the nose on this one, though, because not bananas. No, no, absolutely not. This nose, it kind of smells, it smells more old. Yeah. I mean, it's got a dustier note to it on the nose. This has got like a lot of leather to me. Yes. Kind of beef jerky. I'm not mad about that. I'm not either. But the good beef jerky, you know? Like mingi? I was going to say the exact same thing. Have you had the bourbon mingi beef no. jerky? I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. But it's I want thing. some. It's Is it just at amazing. the, you know, wherever you get them? Pretty much. I mean, mostly like Speedway, Marathon. Okay. That kind of deal. Yeah, I'll, I'll be getting that. It's an early tips and bits for me. <laughs> this is punching like the ethanol punch on the on the glass is heavy on this one for me. I'm getting I'm having a hard time I, getting in to really dig into those notes. I am definitely getting more ethanol, but there is I would lean four roses with this one. I could see that. I think this is a low rye four roses. And once I get into the palette, I totally stand by that. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking something, and I could be way off on it. But I feel like it has a Booker's kind of feel. I'm I'm not picking up the Jim Beam on that. No, that dude, there there is a, a sugar note on the finish that I do not get with Jim Beam products. I mean, this is 100%. Well, you've had plenty of me. You've had way more. I've had a lot of roses. roses, Yeah, so (laughs) you would know better than me. I don't. I would not be able to pinpoint whether this is a high rye or a low rye recipe, but I do see the four roses influence in this. And if it's not four roses, maybe it's a bullet barrel pick. That's possible. You know, this does actually remind me a little bit of that. That bullet, the like 119.2 or whatever, the stronger, the black label one they have. Oh, the barrel strength. Barrel strength? Yeah. Cask strength or whatever. It's yeah, barrel, for, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
so far, how do you guys rank these? I think personally, it's in the order we've actually drank them. Really? Oh. Yeah. See, I would okay. go A, C, B. Same. Uh, no, I'd go A, B, C. Interesting. Why? This one's too ethanol-y for me. Um, and I, it, it carries from the nose into the palate. Okay. I think B was a more fun experience because it was a real banana as opposed to like the kind of artificial runts banana that I get on a lot of the 1792 okay. foolproofs. Yeah. And I really like that because I love banana bread. Oh, I do too. I make it all the time. I intentionally watch my bananas get just like borderline, okay, these are trash. I need to throw them away like really brown and then I make banana bread. I have this no idea dusty. what D is. I have I think this is dusty. no clue. That doesn't smell like anything I have had on a whiskey before. As as far as I know, this could be a Scotch or an Irish whiskey. I've got a very specific note that I get. I want to get the palate. And I've had this with one other whiskey, and it was Rittenhouse Rye. You're spot on. I think you're spot on. Me? Yeah. Taste the palate. Oh, that's not a bourbon. Yeah. No. There's there's no way that's a bourbon. No. I don't think it's a rye either. I like this. It smells like witch hazel. Oh, yeah, that is what it is. Smell it again. Tell me that's not... That's exactly what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Or if you ever get, like, that really strong, like, clear tape, that smell that comes off of it. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It smells yeah. like this. But that's not... Yeah. That, you were spot on. You I, I mean, from the nose, I mean... Because you can, you can smell fresh... You can smell... <clears throat> fresh distillate that has gone into a barrel that is a new barrel. You can smell that it is a first-time user. This smells like it has been reused. I had one that tasted like this one time. I think I remember it. It was called Glenrothes. It looks like it's in... Have you ever had the Martinelli's yeah. Uh, yeah. apple juice? It looks like it's in that. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> On this... I don't know why, but I'm getting, like, you know when you have to lick an envelope? Yeah. That's what I'm getting. It's adhesive. Yeah, yeah it's, it's that it's tape adhesive, thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big fan of that one. I kind of enjoy it. Really? I might have really? been taping too many boxes together at work. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So as you can probably hear in the background, I am opening the envelope. To... This would be my least favorite. This is definitely my least favorite. I think this is my third favorite. Okay. So I have the results in hand as to what each of these are. This is fun. (laughs) To the My Bourbon Podcast crew, samples revealed. Whoa. Wow. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Sample A. Spot on. Knob Creek single barrel pick. 15 years, 5 months. Wow. Oh, okay. 120 proof. Sample B. 1792 foolproof pick. Polar Vortex. 
Okay. 125 uh, proof. They should have called it huh. bananas. B-N-A-N-A. <laughs> yeah, bananas. <laughs> I can't even finish it. <laughs> so, by the way, um, the first two were uh, both dry 85, which I'm assuming is a liquor store. Okay. okay. I think. Yeah. Um, C is the Festival Wine and Spirits 1792 full proof pick. Not a fan. That was my least favorite out of the bunch. Huh. D might surprise you. It is a 1987 Wild Turkey 80 proof. Oh, okay. Huh. I don't get that. I haven't had I anything that I old don't. at 80 proof, so I don't know. I don't see how that was. I don't it just see how it, it happened. It doesn't taste like a wild turkey to me at all. Well, I think age has done it a disservice. It's, it's not age, but like, you know, sitting there. Yeah. But, how, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel? I, I think it's my third favorite. The second foolproof pick was my least. Really? Yeah. I would have gone A, B, a, B, C, D. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have. What? You're switching anyway. What did I say before? A, C, B. Oh, yeah. I'll go A, C, B, D. That's how it is for me. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like wait a second. Sorry. I'm, I'm A, B, D, C. A, D, B, C. Wow. A, B, D, C. A, B, D, C. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If I would just listen to you, I could no, it's all pick good. up what you're putting down. Yeah. You get to listen I'm, to it multiple times. I'm you kind of proud of us, yeah, though. I'm I am, too. I mean, and I like, wasn't expecting to get all of those that correct. I mean, we were wrong on a few, but... Yeah. No, I was very certain on the first one. It was a wild turkey. See, <laughs> I was pretty spirit. certain on the second it, one. But, I mean, the first one doesn't drink like it's 120 proof. It doesn't. That's what threw me off, because I thought it was closer to 100. Yeah. And, I mean, that's why I was leaning in a little bit more towards 110... Yeah. You know, kind of in that realm. But 120 just seems so out there mm-hmm. for me. But I I don't by any means dislike it. I no. mean that it was full, my it was my number one. So yeah, that foolproof pick. It had it had something out of left field. Wait, which one? The the uh seventeen ninety two, right? Well there were two foolproof picks. Oh, sorry. The uh the <laughs> The first one... C. C. Okay. Yeah. This is the longer it sits in my glass doing different things. And that's the D? This is, yeah, this is D. It's it's kind of lost that adhesive, and it's starting to get caramel. Here, Kurt. Have a little bit more. Yeah. Just leave it in your glass, and we'll we'll get back to it. Because we've got a, really a couple of Yeah, yeah we'll and we, we have other things that we can get to and drink and whatnot. Exactly. But. And tons of news. Yes, we have a lot of stuff to get to. Um, there is a bunch of TTB releases that have come out uh, this week. Um, there's a little bit of kind of industry news as well that we will touch on. Uh, but for the most part, we're going to kind of be speculating on, which unfortunately I didn't really want to brand it this way, but it's fake bourbon news. And I think that it's something that should be talked about a little bit. So... We'll we'll get there when we get there. Um, it's not Gear Patrol, is it? It's not. No. <laughs> Dang. But but look, 
Um, for anybody who's been following the show over the past couple of months, uh, we have been reading some Gear Patrol articles, and we've been kind of like, not so sure about that. We are probably going to get the guy who wrote those articles on the show. I'm all for it. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. We've been in contact with him. Um, he is apparently a pretty big bourbon guy, too. Um, so it, it seems like he is doing a good job trying to pump out this kind of content for Gear Patrol as well. And so I, I have extended the offer to him. It sounds like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of yeah. when. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So I, um, I, I look forward to that happening here in the near-ish future, yeah. I would say. But before we get to that, I got to ask you guys, what have you been drinking recently? Wild Turkey 101 Rye. <laughs> yeah, you had that recently because... I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, should we pull back the curtain as to what happened to you recently? Oh, yeah. I got a root canal. It sucked. Okay. Yeah, actually. Oh, you know what? I talked about that on last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you were on antibiotics for many days. Yeah, no, my favorite was is I've never had an antibiotic where they tell you it's like take it every six hours once you start taking it. And I'm like, are you serious? Wow. So the, I just didn't want to drink with it because I think you can, but it just like heightens your level of drunk. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I just didn't want to fool with it. So I took a break for a little bit. And then as soon as it ended, I took shots of Wild Turkey 101 Rye. Sounds about right. Really shots. Shots, yeah. I, you yeah, know, it's all right. It's okay. You with, do use one with rye. It warms me up, so I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Plus, I have like four bottles of one on one rye. So if I have to shoot something, it's not it's not a bad option. It's not a bad option. <laughs> uh, I have been drinking E. H. Taylor Small Batch. Dude, me too. Yeah, actually, <laughs> really. That, no, that was totally going to be that. one of mine because I realized that I had some up on the shelf and I hadn't touched it. Okay. In a while, and I was like, oh, I need to pull that down. And actually, I, I was surprised. So the the day before this episode comes out, or the day after we're recording, which by the way, we are putting this out basically two days after we're recording it. So this is. In media res, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost um, is bottled in Bond Day, so it's the All day right. that the Bottled in Bond Act passed That's in cool. 1897. So right. I will be drinking Bottled in Bond bourbons tomorrow for sure. Because my chair makes weird noises. Um, anyway, sorry. Yes, I have definitely been enjoying some E. H. Taylor Small Batch. Yeah, same here. But were there other things? I apologize. No, I that was it. You. I've just been having a lot of that, to be honest, <laughs> besides J.W. Dant, but uh, yeah, yeah, J.W. Dant just to like shoot something down and then E.H. Taylor to be like, all right, let me let me enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> I have been trying to take it a little bit lighter recently because uh, as of recording, uh, this is the week of <laughs> the podcast Whiskey Weekend. Um, so I'm going to be basically drunk for 72 hours <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> uh so i'm trying to stay a little bit lighter uh but everything for me weirdly enough has kind of been dictated by the live streams that it's bourbon night has been doing like uh they did their bottle and bond live stream and the week before they did kentucky xo mm -hmm. from Willet, uh which i pulled back out of my cabinet and 
realized is a pretty daggum good bourbon. Um, not the best, of course, but I mean, it, it's good for the price. And, you know, it Willet bourbons are not my favorite by any means. No, they're, they're not. They just have a very specific profile. And if you buy into it, you're one of the people that show up to the distillery to yeah. get the family estate hours in advance. And see, here, here's the thing. I want to talk about this for a second, too. I have never really discussed on the show how I feel about Willet. I don't mind it, but I also don't love it. I'm not yeah. reaching for it, and I'm also not going, I have to pick this bottle up, or this has to be the bottle that I buy on secondary. It's just fine for me it is i think the only bottle that i've actually owned of willet uh other than the pot still and the johnny drum is uh i I went and got one of the rise they have like a four-year-old rye well see i i like the rye quite a bit yeah i think it's their bourbon that i'm not crazy about yeah and i don't know why that is because generally it's the other way around i mean absolutely but i don't know something about it i just don't I don't enjoy it. It's like it's got some sort of really like undescript sweetness to it that I just can't necessarily pinpoint, and it, I just don't ever go for it. For me, it's artificial peanut butter. I could see that because I've recently <laughs> been trying like natural peanut butter, and it's way different. And then I went back and had like a regular one. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's totally different, <laughs> completely different. So, for context, do you want to try some Johnny Drum? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Because I it it just seems like there is something about it that is not. If you can, can you open help it. me? Is it a twist off or is it? A... It's a twist off. Okay, I didn't want to sit over here and just like <laughs> you were trying to pop the cork. Twist on the it. cork, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what the struggle was over there. I, I didn't like... want to look stupid, so I announced it to the entire world. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry. Yeah, Mister waking <laughs> up at five a.m. to go to the gym. <laughs> I took a three-hour nap at 2 p.m. I'm doing great. And then you text me at 5 o'clock and say, I'm bored. Can I come over? Yep. Yep. That is a thing that happened. You don't want any? Kurt? Nah, I'm good. Okay. We've got plenty yeah, plenty to got. drink from tonight. So. And we've got more to come to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Willet is just not my thing. That That's just how it is for me. No, I've had the Round Creek... Rowan, one of the two. Uh, and Rowan. then Noah's Mill as well. And Noah's Mill, Chad and Sarah have told multiple times on different different media, like outlets that they've had, it's just it's just not the same as it used to be. Yeah. And they're not kidding. I mean, in some of the old Noah's Mill stuff that I have, I remember really enjoying it and thinking, this is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And now it's just not good it's like when a candy bar goes in and says oh we got a new recipe and then you try it and you're like what'd you do to it because it's not it's not good yeah but it just doesn't hold up is it the left twix or the right twix (laughs) (laughs) god what an advertisement campaign that was pretty wild it was something for sure um, I just came up with a great analogy. Basically, Willet is the peeps of like because there's there's people that like peeps, right? Yeah, there's people that enjoy them, but most people are not those people. 
Like that's that's. I'm one of those people. You're one of those people. I love a good peep. You might you might like Will it because <laughs> peeps to me are just an anomaly. They're just they're just an ugly little marshmallow covered in artificial sugar. What's well, not it. to like? I can't do it. It just. <sighs> and and when you let a peep just like get a little stale. Oh. No, see, the only thing peeps are good for for me is when you take two of them, you put them facing each other in a microwave, and then you give them two toothpicks and watch them fight. And they get, like, bigger and poke <laughs> each other. That's pretty much all I do with them. That's what you do with them? Yep. <laughs> all right. I mean, I've definitely put them in a microwave and see them get bigger. but No, I watch them fight. They joust. It's oh, great. Okay. Maybe I'm drinking Willet wrong. I don't know. I'm scared now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we've been drinking. Shall we talk about some news? Yeah. I think the first big thing we have to talk about is the fact that Planton's Gold is coming to the United States yes. for the yes. first time. Yes. Ever. Which is insane. You know, and I wish people would be more thankful because the first comment I saw was, why can't we get straight for the barrel? <laughs> Well, and and that it's funny you say that because I was in uh, a Kroger Wine and Spirits the other day, and in walked a guy who was decked out in Buffalo Trace gear, and I was like, "Oh, do you work for Buffalo Trace?" You know, because bourbon guys, whatever. And he goes, "I actually work in the Blanton's bottling house," and I was like, "Oh, so you're going to be bottling all the Blanton's gold?" He goes, "Yep." And I was like, so we're going to get Blanton straight from the barrel, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like, just it, it, I agree that that's what we want so much, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. It is. Yeah. No, I'm glad that Sazerac's opening it because it wasn't the, their deal that they couldn't sell anything but the 93 over here. And they've kind of right. opened that up. Something about somebody owning the the labels or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah, so Blanton's is actually owned by Age International. Um, and they share that licensing with Buffalo Trace. And it is Age International's decision what products under the Blanton's label get distributed and how they get distributed. So for the longest time, they have said that the straight from the barrel and the gold... And the green uh, and the, the there's a red and a black label. I can't remember exactly what they are, but the green is like their special reserve and it's a proof. And um, again, I can't remember the specifics on the 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 red and the black. But anyway, and the red's their 107, yeah, and the exactly. black the is the black 12 is the 12 year. year. That's kind of funny how proof. That, yeah, how um, that works out. But they are the final say in what happens with Blanton's as a product on the market. So it's, it is a little frustrating when you're talking about parent companies, but at the same time, I like the hunt behind it. Yeah. I like the chase behind it. And it's not something that I'm super, you know, proud of saying, but there is something to be said about having a Blanton's Gold or a straight from the barrel that kind of elevates 
that status. And it's not that, you know, we should be collecting for status, but I like the collection for sharing with other people. Yeah. Right. And I I think that there is definitely something special about offering to the American this sounds horrible, but the the American consumer, you know, allowing them to, you know, within the continental United States, yeah. or just the United States in well, general. Well, when you think about where it's that produced, product. that's why I think you, sure. a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. I mean, I lived five minutes from Buffalo Trace, and if I wanted straight from the barrel, I've got to message my favorite Australian and hope and pray that <laughs> it can make it its way. Yeah. yeah, it can make its way here. So that that's something else that I think people don't, don't Funny, realize. Because then we're like, well, we have 99% of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But th- that is something else that people don't realize is that these distilleries are basically going through the same distribution process that liquor stores are. So say that Buffalo Trace produces three pallets worth of Blanton's. Okay. Uh, two of those pallets go to a liquor store. One of them is for Buffalo Trace. They still have to go through the same distribution system that everybody else does. So, in essence, Buffalo Trace becomes a liquor store. So, they ship it off to their distributor and it either gets sent to their liquor store or it gets sent back to buffalo trace so it's part of that three-tier system and it's something that people do not understand about the distribution of alcohol in the in the u.s yeah and it's different state by state but for the uh, the general rule is is you you have uh the distiller you have a distributor and you have the storefront yes and you can't have generally more uh, you can't be in more than one part of that. You can't own two parts. Right. So it's already weird enough that they're selling at a distillery because it's technically two parts. So that whole shipping it off and getting it back is essential to not being two parts of the three. And and the weeds grow even higher when you're talking about something like a distillery-only release. So even just Elijah Craig Barrel Select, mm-hmm. which is a Heaven Hill Heritage Center or their visitor shop-only release— that still has to go to a distributor before they can put it in their gift shop. Yeah. And that's a thing that you can't get anywhere else. Buffalo Trace bourbon, you can get virtually anywhere. I mean, the, the idea behind it, it is their flagship product. And you can get it in liquor stores. But they still have to send it to other people so they can get, get it, it back. back in their gift shop. And so it, it is understandably frustrating why some people come in and, you know, they can't find what they're looking for. But Buffalo Trace says if they don't have it, or if, 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 if other stores don't have it, they don't have it. That's just, that's just part of it. I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's a kind of skewed system, but at the same time, it makes sense. Yeah, no, it's it's messed up, and there, there's really no incentive for anybody to change it either, because if you think about it, you've got three points in which you can tax it. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. True. I mean, yeah, and I guess when you think about it, uh, it's a lot about the education of it. A lot of people don't know that that 
that is what's happening. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. are like, I can't find it. Are you kidding me? This is crap. Yeah, no, they go to the Blanton's like warehouse where they start shipping all these or like bottling them, and they look at it and they said, "Why can't I have that one? I need I need an S to finish it. Is there any way that I could just just grab that, get that for my for my collection?" And no, you can't. Especially like most of the time when I I've gone through before when they're bottling something other than the standard, and you'll watch them bottle it, and you'll look at all of them. And they're seventy CL because they can't. They have to ship those out internationally at 70 CL as opposed to 750 milliliters like we get in the United States. Yeah. Which is just weird because they we can get just an extra little bit. Um, I mean, it, even Booker's does that. Have you seen the Booker's bottles that get sent over? No. They're, they look uh, kind of like the pinhook bottles. Oh, okay. Like the one we're going to try here in a little bit. But yeah. they're, they look more like that and they're a little bit thinner. And they send them out because like the that. volume is is how that is. Yeah, just they send them out at a different different one. I bet the straight from the barrel might be seven hundred fifty, but some of the other ones are definitely a little bit smaller. Huh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a lot about. I, I guarantee you, ninety percent of the people don't know what what Perry and you guys just said is true. <laughs> yeah, know? no, they they don't. They, they have don't no associate clue. that a lot, but. I think it is frustrating too because even liquor stores, uh, they'll work out deals with like the Stag family to get their their deliveries of George T. Stag because I've seen it before. I'll I'll sit in lot you know, here I am thirty minutes early to the opening of this little liquor store and I watch like thirty cases of George T. Stag go in and then I walk in and they've got two bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, two bottles for sale. Just. It's painful, but it is what it is. I mean, everyone's got to follow the system. And like I said, there's no incentive to change it because as far as the, you know, people that have the authority to change it are concerned, if I can tax it three times and then I can tax it every single year it's in the barrel, why would I cut myself out of some money? What's my, what's my incentive? Why would I take the distributor and allow them to send directly to you if I can just, you know, take it now and uh, tax it three times instead of two times? Yeah. Essentially, so this is all to say that it is exciting that Blanton's Gold is coming here. Yeah, but it makes sense why it didn't happen immediately and why Age International did not necessarily have the incentive to do it quickly. Plus, they'd have to get a graphic designer to widen the label for that extra 50 milliliters. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> they absolutely would not have to do that. That is, Perry, that's a lot of work. I don't think we can handle it. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited about what we are drinking next. Sorry, that was hard to say. It, yeah, uh-huh. when was the last time you had this? Oh, it's been a minute, man. Yeah. I, I bought myself a bottle probably about, I don't know, a year and a half ago. It's Henry McKenna bottle in a bond, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we totally failed to mention what that was. I did it on purpose. <laughs> you got to build the hype. Build that tension. Yeah. Build that suspense. Yeah. yeah. I think that this is a good sign for the market that Blanton's Gold is coming to the United States, even if it's just once a year. Um, I think that this shows that distributors and producers are listening to their main consumers. Yeah. And and I apologize. I don't know if you all said that while I was out of the room. I had to step out for a hot second. But no. I, I I think it's I think it's a good thing for bourbon in this case. For sure. 
What other news we got? Because honestly, this is like a reaction video for me because I, I have not read all of it. I've seen one of the ones I think you're going to mention. Well, let's let's stick with Blanton's then. Okay. Let's talk about something that I think could potentially be bad for the bourbon market. Okay. Buffalo Trace has announced, and this is something that they will tell you if you go to the distillery, that you will only be able to buy a bottle of Blanton's once every three calendar months yes. at the <laughs> distillery. What? No, I've, I've heard of this the, already. The, this is a legit thing. So I heard it when I was at the distillery. I heard it in passing that one of the employees in the gift shop were saying to somebody who was trying to find Blanton's, and they were wondering why it was so hard to find. Again, that goes back to the three-tier system and everything. But... They straight up told them that you will now have to wait three calendar months to buy another bottle. Did you hear how they're enforcing it? Yeah, they're checking everybody's IDs and scanning them and whatnot. They're scanning them and basically just putting them on a timer. It's like 90 days, come back. You know, it's just strange. It's insane. Do you think it's in correlation with, hey, we're... No, no, I I don't I don't think that it's reactionary to Blanton's gold. I think that I'm not saying reactionary. I'm just saying in correlation. Well, the 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 answer is no. Okay, I don't think that um it has anything to do with Blanton's gold because the gold is only going to come out once a year, so it's going to be in the same vein. Has these special E.H. Taylor products as well as foolproof. Okay. Yeah. I you know, totally that, agree. That, that kind of deal. I didn't so know that my license expires in April. Before I go and get it renewed, should I go in and scan it and get my bottle of Blanton's and then renew it and try it again and see if that works? Honestly. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking here. Honestly, I don't, I don't think that that's a, a, a thing that you couldn't do. I think you could totally lean into that. It's twelve fifty to replace your license. I'm think I'm just thinking here. I'm you trying to break the system. Replace you know? <laughs> At least in Kentucky. I don't know. Now, when you say twelve fifty, is that like twelve dollars and fifty cents? Fifty cents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? So who who is this meant to curtail? Is it meant to curtail the people who are hoarding the flippers? Is it? I, I mean, wh- where where is their drive coming from in doing this? Hmm. Because Buffalo Trace, if we're looking at distilleries, is the most reactionary to the market. Yeah. Right? They see the value in products. They raise their prices. They see that people are really hunting for their products it becomes a little bit more scarce. Not necessarily that you know they're putting out less product, but at the same time, they're also announcing things like Weller Single Barrel, the Weller Foolproof, the CYPB. There are things that become apparent because they see the market and they see what people are going for and they react accordingly. So who are they trying to fight? In this instance. I think they just have such an iconic bottle and they want to keep it in the gift shop. 
I mean, it's not working, obviously, because the one person that told me about this said that there was basically a line of 60 or 70 people waiting the day they got a Blanton's delivery. And it's gone in 40, 50 minutes. Still. But, I mean, I think they're just wanting to keep it in the gift shop more often. If that's the case, though, what's to keep them from doing that with E.H. Taylor's small batch? Or Eagle Rare? Or honestly, it, uh, are are they building up to doing this so that they can put out more of these allocated products on their shelves? I mean, could we see in a year's time Stag Jr. on the shelf at the Buffalo Trace gift shop? Could be. I think somebody said they actually sold some uh, some Van Winkle tin out of that gift shop at some point. Really? Yeah. Which before they had a very strict liquor license that would only allow them to sell, I think, a few products. I'm pretty sure it was Wheatley Vodka, Clicks Vodka. Uh, they could do the Bourbon Cream, the Buffalo Trace, the E.H. Uh, e. Taylor Small Batch was the newest edition. And then they could do the uh, Eagle Rare and Blends. Yeah. And that was it. They weren't supposed to sell anything other than that. And then all of a sudden they were selling like Bland's Derby picks. They were doing apparently this, or they were doing their 10-year Van Winkle. Um, I mean, it's just, they're they're just adding to what they can sell now, which is strange. But I mean, interesting. I guess, I guess it drives people to the distillery. So. True. And it could be that they want these people to come back in three months. Because if I come back... Two weeks later and pick up more Blantons, I'm going to the gift shop. And that's it. I'm going in because I just I just did my tour. It's good, but I live 40 minutes away, and I just need another bottle of Blantons. But in three months, I might be, you know, you know I actually kind of want to do the hard hat tour, so I'll, I'll plan that and go because it's been a while since I've been to Buffalo Trace. I don't know. They might just be spacing it out for general interest in the distillery. Yeah. And there, there might be such a high demand of, you know, let's say one one timers or one offers that are coming to the distillery that you know are from let's say anywhere international and saying yo this is the only time that I'll be able to be here and I want to be able to pick up these bottles that I want at the gift shop so I don't know sure <clears throat> I mean you you can go to the Heaven Hill gift shop and again pick up the Elijah Craig barrel select any time of the year it is constantly there. It's something that you can only get in the gift shop. It is regular, regularly available there. And so I could totally imagine that Buffalo Trace is trying to do something like that. But at the same time, you can still find Blanton's in, in shops. You can find regular Buffalo Trace in shops. So, again, what is the purpose behind this? Are they trying to get to a point where they release distillery only products. I mean, could, could we eventually see a, a Harlan select bourbon at a hundred proof and, you know, six to eight years old that is just at the distillery. I mean, I, I, I guess I am just confused by the end game here. Yeah. And, it there there is something to be said about the bourbon bubble. Does this expand it or does it pop it? 
or does it create an entirely new one? If the goal is just to keep it on the shelf, so when somebody does come in from California to visit and they're like, hey, well, this is the only time I'm going to get a bottle of Blanton's, I think it's great because they're creating an opportunity to possibly keep it on the shelf more by just curtailing the amount of people that can walk in and grab a bottle of Blanton's and have their friend and their wife and their other friend all buy one. And then they go home and they have four bottles of Blanton's. Um, Which, if I'm comparing that method to somebody like, and don't get me wrong, I love their stuff, Michter's, who just jacks the price up wildly at the gift shop. Just to keep it on the shelf, I much prefer this method that they're using. And I don't know. I, I think keeping it on the shelf is their objective, and I'm I'm perfectly fine with it because I'd rather in the like the bourbon boom before we hit that like pop of the bubble, people be able to go to distilleries and get releases that they want. I sure. think that's important. I think what's going to happen is is people are going to get so obsessed with completing the Buffalo Trace collection, including the gold that's coming out soon that they're going to get frustrated when they can't do it and just decide, well, screw it. You know, they're going to end up like me. I've been hunting releases so long that now I'm happy with a Knob Creek pick. That's yeah. all I really want. I mean, I'm, I'm, my bourbon bubble has popped. You know, I don't really, <laughs> I don't care to hunt down the newest release of this, the newest release of that. I mean, you've even seen it with some brands. Like, we love Dix and Deadman, but how many times have I seen this newest batch of Kentucky uh, Owl sitting on the shelf? Sure. And in prior, I was lucky to ever see that bottle. Yeah. Ever. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's already hitting a point with some brands where sitting on the shelf is becoming a norm that it didn't used to be. I mean, it, some not, obviously, like the one we're drinking, which is phenomenal, by the way. The Yeah, to get back Henry to actually McKenna. drinking bourbon, this is a yeah. Yeah. very good bottle of Henry McKenna. I'm not going to find this one on the shelf, but for the most part, I, I like that idea of kind of keeping people from buying a crap load of bourbon. Now, do you think that it's cyclical for different products? Do you think that we will always be in this state of, you can't find this bottle, we, and then it goes to a different bottle, and then you, oh, I can't find this bottle, but then the other one you couldn't find, you could find now. Do you think that, do we always stay in this state, or... Is my toilet about to explode behind us? <laughs> or is it? It's okay. Just keep going. Okay. It, it, it's fine. All right. All right. It'll stop soon. <laughs> or is it that, you know, the bourbon bubble, as we say, is about to pop? It is very difficult, but I think that. We are in now the point where we can kind of see when the bubble will burst. Are we, though? It's just funny how kind of in correlation, like, or how similar the stock market and the, <laughs> and the bourbon industry yeah, are. By the way, people, thing. wash your hands. True that. <laughs> Yeah, at but least for twenty funny? seconds. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Don't drink Coronas. The, yeah, <laughs> that's what's gonna cause it. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, that's annoying that people actually think. That. No, no, no. Yeah, we're 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 not gonna get into. Yeah, the, we're not. The, we're going into, into that. Yeah, but it is funny how it it has the same feel. You you say the bourbon bubble is gonna pop. I say 
Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's still just uh, keep on going. Yeah, I am starting to see other spirits becoming more and more in the like limelight that I didn't see before. Like Brandy was never a big deal for me. I never thought about Brandy. And then we had a listener, Clifton McDaniel, start bringing up this Copper and King's Butcher Town. Right. Tried it, and I was like, I could see why people enjoy this. And then all of a sudden, stuff is finished in it. I see stores regularly carrying multiple releases of it. I mean, it's just, it's starting to become more and more constant. I'm seeing Apple Brandy get uh, picked up by Liquor Barn ads, just multiple different things. Who knows? Maybe they're kind of shifting into the next spirit. The nice thing about bourbon is they're finishing it in these brandy casks. I mean, we've already seen one. Bell Mead came out with one last year. So we have a couple more things to talk about, but I wanted to make sure that we got on kind of the the rye profile before we got into this review. Uh, And I figured that we would, you know, drink a little bit of the most recent rye that we have had. I love Uh, this. It's the Elijah Craig rye whiskey. Have you guys gone back to this wild turkey at all? No, not uh, yet. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think wow. It really is, yeah. I wish that we had had this first. Because now it actually smells like a dusty bourbon. Yeah. Whereas before it was just earthy and scotch. Scotch. It was scotch, it was yeah. scotch. yeah, exactly. It's still not my favorite dusty turkey. No. I've had the palate. The nose for me was okay. Definitely bourbon. But then the palate, I was like, palate's not as good. Still kind of given some of this uh, scotch kind of feel. Yeah, I like it actually. I really do. Really, it's very. It's got some butterscotch in there. It's. I like. I get that. Ooh, I'm kind of picking up some uh, caramel popcorn on the finish. That's not bad. Definitely better the second time around. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. Uh, let's try to get through some of these other news bits. Lightning round? Yeah. Ish. Yeah, I guess. Uh, there are definitely a couple of things that we will dive into a bit more. Uh, Ezra Brooks, or Luxrow, announced that there is going to be a 99-proof Ezra Brooks bourbon. Okay. Um. I think that this is good for Luxrow. They have continuously tried to grow their brand and the products that they are releasing. So I'm interested to try it. I don't know what it's going to be like. It it just... I'm throwing my hands up because I don't know. I'm interested. There I was a, There was one that Chad and Sarah had that was pretty good. I think it was a cash strength. That was pretty good. Oh, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, that was on last week's episode I had with them. Yeah, that was too. great. Yeah. Um, the Bullet Blenders Select. Oh, I love the branding of that. Which was announced. It looks beautiful. I am having a really hard time reading this, uh, this screenshot, um, but I'm seeing 56% alcohol, so... Perfect. Oh, maybe I'm seeing... Oh, you know what? It's actually 50%. That's 100 proof. Um, from what I understand, it's a blend of like three or four different whiskeys ranging from like six to eight years old. 
So, I mean, cool. I'm excited to try it. I don't know if it's going to hit the mark in the way that Bullet has really tried to get to recently. Yeah, no, Bullet's been... If you've read news about Bullet, they've been trying to mask a lot of that and really put out solid product. Yeah. And I don't think they've quite hit it yet because some of their barrel selects that I've had have been kind of eh. Had two, and they've both been just okay. Well, having been on a pick where I tried two different ones and uh, Tarek down at Elixir in Tennessee um, decided that we were going to do two, it it was they were both very good. I mean, they they were really really good bullet picks. See, the one I had was a total wine pick. It just wasn't it wasn't wowing me. We won't get into the politics of that. But yeah. <laughs> Bad example probably, but I just wasn't <laughs> a huge okay. wasn't a huge fan. Uh I don't know. I I like their cast strength, but if I have to pick up a four roses or a bullet cask, I would much rather pay the extra 20 bucks and four pick up roses. a four roses yeah. especially I knowing agree. i can cherry pick my recipe why not now how about some more cast strength news from maker's mark yep they are celebrating 10 years of the 46 with a cask strength 46 release which they already put out once they put it out that's true so i would actually argue that they've put it out twice yeah. So once at the distillery, which was under the Rob Samuels <laughs> select yeah. or whatever, and then also in that gift set mm-hmm. where it was Maker's Cask. I think it was Maker's Cask, the Rob Samuels pick, and uh, a specifically branded Maker's right. 46 cash strength. Right. All 375 milliliters. Now, this... Has been coming for a long time. Yeah. I mean, th- this is something that has been in the works, it seems like, forever. And I don't... I guess it's because of the anniversary that they finally decided to pull the trigger. But I am really surprised that it took Makers this long to put out a, a wide-release cask strength 46 product. Mm-hmm. So, Kurt's making a face. Well, but- I... I- why are you so surprised about it? Because when you think of their product line... Well, they have two flagship products. Yeah. Makers, Makers and Makers 46. 46. And the they, they went with a cast strength <coughs> to expand that line. Yes. Right? And was, was that before they put out the private selects? I'm not sure. Or was that? that I, it might be after, actually. It just seemed like the next logical step was doing the 46 at cast strength. Sure. So maybe, maybe. But I think historically they've been, they've taken a while. No, they definitely have. They also had a very good replacement doing the uh, private selects that they had. Because, I mean, I don't think I've ever craved a Maker's 46 cash strength knowing that I can basically get one curated to whoever's taste was, you know, at that shop that I picked up the private select from. The Keeneland pick, phenomenal. Still the best one. Still phenomenal. I mean, 100%. Yeah. Still but, the best yeah. Maker's private select <laughs> yeah, it's ever. Just, <laughs> it's just not like, you know, it's not Maker's 46, 
but it's darn close. It's basically the same process. It's cash strength. I I don't think I was missing that. If it's coming out, I'm gonna get a bottle. But uh, <laughs> and they they also uh, didn't they just redo the branding on the cast strength? Cast strength, the regular. Yes, cast they strength. did. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be the normal maker's bottle, uh, just with slightly different packaging. Uh, otherwise, yeah. And and what was so funny about that, and I didn't realize this until. And I'm I'm so sorry I cannot remember who posted it, but in our Facebook group, they said that makers basically sent out an email encouraging people to buy up bottles of the current cast strength design. <laughs> really? Yes. No. <laughs> Seriously. That's wild. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. J- just I get emails from. I do too. too, and I I never even saw it. But it, that bewilders me. That a distillery just flat out goes, you might want to stock up on these old bottles because they're going to be worth something someday. Maybe who's <laughs> to say? But it it's just they're also the collectors bourbon. Think about it. They I mean, absolutely they, are. They have so many regular bottles that are just like we dipped it in a different color's wax. So true. <laughs> like I mean, it's this one is Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> we put. Red wax, yeah. On this, this one. one is, but it's Breeders too Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's but too this darker. One, this one was purple wax, <laughs> and on top of that purple wax, we put was it. a gold wax, yeah. <laughs> and on top of that gold wax was a white wax, and then it was stamped by the governor of <laughs> Illinois, and that was just because he was in town that day. But we're just, you know, it it's it's for the consumer. Yeah. No, and I mean, you love horses. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're already in that kind of territory. They're definitely they're definitely oh, there. It's it's hard to deny that Makers has leaned into that collector's persona. But at the same time, I mean, if you want to go out and buy a bottle of American Pharaoh Makers Mark Bourbon, by all means, do it. I don't care. But just I, know, I understand it's nothing, it. it's nothing special. It's Maker's Mark. The juice. The juice in it is not anything special. That's juice, one of the few the that I'm like, you know, don't open it. Because it's just, it's it's just, just Maker's Makers. You also, can... to that point, uh, <laughs> Will and the Grizz did an episode of the podcast a few weeks ago. Maybe even a month and a half at this point. Uh, where they opened up... Oh, maybe it was the American Pharaoh bottle. Um or the Justify bottle, one of the two. Maybe it was Justified. Now yeah. that I think about it, but it go and listen to that episode. It was interesting. Okay, I'm I'm trying to speed through this news because we still have three more things to get through. All right, it, it's it's a big big news week, and I uh, yeah. Sorry to that one guy who reviewed us on iTunes who said that we were a little bit long winded, but. There's a lot to talk about True. with the <laughs> with the bourbon industry. You're this not week. wrong. So I'm sorry, but also there's stuff going on. I don't think either of you guys have seen this. Probably not. Well, if Swan hasn't, probably the, not. The, this one, this one blew me away. And again, this was approved by the TTB, mm-hmm. so it's out there for the public. It is an Elijah Craig beer barrel finish from Goose Island Bourbon County. 
Oh, so they're doing the reverse. They're doing the reverse. Okay. I like that because currently the stout finishes that are available are $150. I won't name the company because I don't want to give them any credit. (laughs) But But also we love them because they've been on the podcast before. Remember, Swan? Yeah. At Bourbon on the Banks? That's true. Remember how good that was? Okay. Good one. I'll say it. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. They're pricey. You're just leaning into it at this point. They're, they're pricey. They are pricey, but they have a honey barrel finish one that is actually pretty good. But at $100 and I think $65. It's, yeah, it's pretty insane. It's rough to get into. So I'd love to see something a little more approachable in the finish territory, especially knowing that Goose Island has really collaborated with a lot of good stuff they've done a knob creek 12 year yes collaboration they did a larceny one yes they've done one with an orange peel and coffee before i mean they do they do a lot of stuff i'm interested to see if they do the standard goose island release as their oh i would love that yeah yeah if it's just standard if they choose something to kind of add some flavor to it because they could do that orange peel and coffee one yeah i'm interested i am too i i i want i said i want at least a bottle of this at least a bottle? Yeah. At least one bottle. Or case, you know, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. This just came through today as of recording. Swan, you have already talked about it in our group chat yeah. a little bit. The Knob Creek 15-year. 15-year. Limited release. Still at 100 proof. I don't mind the proof. I don't mind the proof for this, no. I think the 12-year was a little annoying because there were so many 12-year picks at the time. But knowing how sought after the 15-year-old picks are, I'm glad they're making it available. I did see a comment that somebody posted on this, though, in our group chat. They made a very good point. And I think it was uh, Diana Webb. But she, she said, why don't we have bookers? With this kind of age. Oh, no, I'm totally agree. I totally so agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I cannot believe the Booker stays at six to eight years old. And that's the youngest they put in it. They could put older product. True. But they've even gone in on the 30th and said, hey, we, we have a 16-year-old bourbon. And everyone's like greasing their palms like, oh, yeah, this is going to be good stuff. And then they're like, well, let's, let's make some nine-year in it. Sorry. you know. <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah. So, I mean, why don't I see some of that? And I'll admit, some of the 15-year-old picks I've had have been like, this is kind of oaky. But most of them are still phenomenal. Knob Creek mm. holds up well with age. Right. As yeah. opposed to like, uh, what is it? We've got the Boone County that we've tried a 14-year before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I might as well lick the barrel. Oak City. Yeah. yeah. I guess the bookers, they might just say, you know, we give you four releases every year. Like, come on. That's, That's not a bad point. It's true. That's a really, that's really true. good point, yeah. actually. So I think that's probably why they're like, all right. <laughs> I'm just concerned because I've seen over the past couple of years it go or from... more than four releases. How many? Well, no, it, it, is it's it usually four, four now. Okay, four, yeah. yeah. But it used to be six. Six, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just concerned because I've seen the age dwindle with the amount of releases they've put out, and I don't know why that is. Okay. Because I've seen it gone down to as low as like six years and what, three months or something like that? Yeah. I don't know. Add some 15-year-old products in there. Let me know on the little tag you leave in the box. Yeah. Right. Why not? 
so the the very very last thing I want to talk about before we get into this review is what I was saying earlier is very strangely enough fake bourbon news mm-hmm. which I didn't think we would get to but apparently that's just kind of the culture that we're in anymore there was a quote-unquote leaked photo of five new weller products yeah and this this is where people get you it's the the two truths and a lie thing but they do it in a way that makes it feel like everything about this is true, right? So you could be telling a hard lie, but you throw in a grain of truth behind it to make it seem like you're actually telling the truth. And by that, you mean I think they had an actual release in that lineup, right? And and they did. So... For for anybody who is not in the know, um, there was an Instagram post from at the Bourbon News, uh, who has been pretty good with their news posts recently, and it was just a picture of different Weller bottles, and I'm I'm just gonna go left for right, so you can follow along. I guess I don't know. It is a Weller Wheat Whiskey, a Weller Cognac Cask, a Weller Single Barrel, a Weller Non-Chill Filtered, and a Weller Bottled and Bond. So let's talk about a couple of things here. First off, I can pretty much guarantee you, and that is just from knowing what's going on behind the scenes with Sazerac. The single barrel and the bottled and bond are real products. That is something that it doesn't have to be right now, but that is going to happen. Yeah. Because I, I from again, from what I understand and from what I have heard from a li- reliable sources, they are following the model of the 1792 releases, right? So yeah. they're owned by the Sazerac company, who also owns 1792. So we're looking at Swan's phone as it vibrates. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're looking at generally the same products coming out. You know, it just depends on the 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 brand. But at the same time, there's a lot of crap that has been presented here. And this is not something that has shown up in the TTB archive yet. And I just I want to share this um with uh, with you guys. So this is from a local group. Uh, I won't name names. I won't, you know, get too in the weeds or anything. But he said, the only bottle on that entire line that is legitimate is the single barrel orange label. And I can say that confidently. That picture is also something that was marked up by a rando dude 
somewhere as that is not even the bottle that will be used for the single barrel release. So for clarification, it still had the screw top on it instead of the now more common uh, cork. Right. Uh, BT has done away with twist tips on the Weller line other than Special Reserve and 12-year, which they have no plans of changing as they are not special releases. Also, no marketing anywhere would label share colors with their other releases as it would cause mass confusion to the product line. As far as non-chill filtered, if you have had foolproof, you've already had non-chill filtered, as well as many single barrel releases of A107, which is the Antique 107. Uh, It's high enough in proof that it won't cloud when you freeze it, so no need to chill filter it. For those of you who do not know why, the only reason bourbon anywhere is chill filtered is due to the fusel oil in the bourbon that will start to solidify and cloud when frozen, and the consumer early on didn't like the presentation of the bourbon when frozen, so distilleries began to chill filter, blah, blah, yada, 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 yada. Uh, Above a certain proof that doesn't happen, so no need to waste money for the extra step to do it. Non-chill filtered is now becoming the big hype. However, so many labels are stopping it altogether. Wild Turkey has really been pushing towards this. This is basically people trying to manipulate the news for the sake of controversy. True, and I think it's kind of just silly because, I, I mean, people walk through that bonded warehouse there at Buffalo Trace as part of the tour. They're going to see if something's weeded or if it says experimental or something kind of outlandish, yeah. especially with them having, like, a bonded wheat whiskey. They don't have any other one. What yeah. else is going to come yeah. out other than the Weller and, line? And also, if you follow their line or follow their brand at all, you know. Sure. All right. They're very protective of this brand. See, that's the thing, too, is that it, it's so hard to, well, rather, it's so easy to fall into, oh, they're just trying to make an extra buck. They're trying to push more product to the market. But for crying out loud, they don't have enough to make Special Reserve <laughs> exactly. a regular product. So why are we getting upset over the potential for three or four other products that have not been approved by the TTB and and just going ham over it? We, we yeah. shouldn't be upset over that. I mean, just, just think about the ramifications of five new Weller products. I mean, it's impossible to be honest. Just if you are upset about this potential news, just stop. Just stop for two seconds and go, is this a reasonable product? Is this something that anybody would consider? Of course it's not. They can't even put special reserve out for the general market. That was a product that 10 years ago anybody could go into the store and find and now it's nowhere liquor barn this past weekend had it on their allocated list for a special release on a saturday morning and that means that people were lining up on thursday night for a saturday morning release do not give me that crap of yeah they're just they're just trying to play into the into the hype or the market no, they're not. Somebody is manipulating you into thinking <laughs> that there's there's some new attainable product. It is creating panic 
for no reason. Yeah. And it's shocking if people like buy into that because if you are are if you know enough information to say, you know, at some point they're gonna have a single barrel or one of these releases that are like semi true, yeah, then you should know. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you should sure that this isn't a thing. Not to mention, just if you follow bourbon at all and you've learned about the TTB at this point, to see five, five completed labels yeah. that haven't been approved. Insane. No, they don't print those things until they're approved. Why would I waste the money to put this on adhesive to go on a bottle if it's not approved yet? Yeah. It just, it, it, it frustrates me so much that not only is somebody going... I hate I hate the fact that this is you know going to be a reality, but also that somebody has played you into thinking that. Don't let people fool you into thinking that the bourbon market is trying to get the better of you. Yeah, I I believe that bourbon industry doesn't know what's going on just as much as the consumer, and I mean sure there are people like you know, Buffalo Trace that are trying to react to it. But at the same time, we're all running around with our heads cut off like chickens. I mean, we want the best thing in the market. We want to try everything that is purportedly good, right? And by spreading the market thin, that's not doing us any good no and to well it's just not reality at all it's not it's not and and that's why fake bourbon news just gets under my skin it, it's it's not something that you should feel you shouldn't feel too much about it or maybe you should because you, you shouldn't you, believe it no you shouldn't but... believe it. it it's it just amazes me that now this has crept into such a niche group of consumers. Yeah. It is wild that this is the new normal for consumers. Not even, you know, everybody who goes to Walmart on Saturday and is trying to pick up, you know, their whatever's for the week. This is now those of us who go to a specialty store. Yeah. Trying to find something i mean it, it it doesn't matter whether or not it's buffalo trace or heaven hill or a wild turkey product or any of that that is now permeating this culture and it shouldn't be it just straight up should not be a part of what we are doing as bourbon consumers there's so much news to filter through already i don't need stuff that's not real <laughs> i'm so worn yeah. out with it i'm so <laughs> tired of it so true and i'm ready to drink something there's so much content there is <laughs> which is why we've been talking for over an hour so now. much content yeah so just in the world let's get to our so, review please. i think we should so this is the pinhook ride on which is 97 proof and is the first rye whiskey to come out of castle and key so they contract distilled for a pinhook rye 
and it is just about two years. It the label says at least two years old. But this is the first taste of Castle and Key's rye whiskey. I enjoy this nose actually. Yeah. I I was prepared to not like it as much because it seems a little premature. But then I kind of thought about uh, who else? Peerless putting out some pretty young stuff that was pretty strong. You d- you definitely get. Okay, this is young, but I'm having a hard time pinpointing what I'm actually smelling, other than just corn and rye. Mint? Yeah, I can see some mint. Which is what you want to have. But it's such a light mint. I mean, it doesn't... It's not that it doesn't smell like a rye whiskey. It's just that it's not what I would have expected. It's not even mint. It's like that feeling of like once you finished your Tic Tac and you go, and you can kind of feel (laughs) that like weird residual mint. I don't know. Like a menthol? Yeah. You're smelling a menthol from a block away. Yeah, not <laughs> not the menthol cigarette, just like menthol, like yeah, in smells, general. It smells like a pack of Newports, you know. <laughs> um, I don't hate the palate. I don't hate it, but it is so middle of the road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and this is so I've I've really tried to adopt this try it at least once before mentality you review it and this is now the third time that i've had it before we've reviewed it and every single time i've been going not so sure about this one what's the proof on this 97 i'll give it this if you're going for smooth it's got it it is creamy yeah, it is not aggressive, which I think is a great thing for beginner whiskey, especially a lot of people that like in Frankfurt who maybe don't kind of roll with the rye whiskey part of, of whiskey, and, but they're just really proud that Castle and Key is there. Sure. Maybe this might be cool, but to me, this is not holding up. So regardless of whether or not you are proud of your frankfurt heritage yeah it is not obvious on this label (laughs) no not at all product unless you're actually looking on it and then you can see that it was distilled by castle and key and bottled by pinhook um i think this needs needs another year yeah it needs at least another year i think like foundation wise it's there. It's there. It's totally but there. But you got to give it the time. You got to be uh, patient with it. It's not aggressively rye either. I'd be curious to see. I'm sure this is like the barely legal rye, where it's more 51%-ish. Honestly, I don't know what the mash bill on, it, it on, on this is. It doesn't hop out as like rye to me. It tastes more like a watered-down bourbon to, for, to me. I think it's solid... If you come in with the mindset of, this is young. 
That's true, but also Peerless has put stuff out at this age that is way, way, way better. better. Yeah, their bourbon, which in theory should take longer to mature because they say that rye matures faster. Yeah, it's like three years and it's phenomenal. It's smoky. It's rich. It's nice. Yeah. It's and, and and a lot of their two to three year old ryes are the same way. They're very developed. Yeah. Well, maybe it's something. Not. Yeah, maybe it's something to say about Peerless. Maybe. I'm not sure. So it is a 60% rye, 20% corn, 20% malted barley. I'm not picking up the malt as much. I'm not either. I, I, I kind of get it on the finish. But on the front end, I, I don't really get it. It just is... It's like sweet corn yeah. mash. Yeah. So this this is a Marianne Eves product. True, but I don't I don't want to put that on her because she didn't I don't think she selected when this came out of the barrel. And I think that is a very vital decision to say I think this is done. Now and I will I will agree with you because a few months ago when she left Castle and Key yeah, we did speculate over what was going on with her departure. I won't get into the weeds of that, but from what I kind of glean is that the product <laughs> was ready to be put out according to the investors. Uh, and and she did not want it to go out just yet. That's fair. So, here we are sitting with what could potentially be a semi-legacy product that doesn't quite do it. Oh. As, will, as far as legacy goes. I will not put any of this... On Marion Eves. No. I don't I, I won't I won't either. I don't hate this. No. I no. really don't. I, I I enjoy drinking this, but if we are talking about a first go for this distillery, well I am way no. underwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm I th- I really I think it's probably has it has what most things have to do with it has to do with money absolutely yeah no i yeah. i agree this is it's just not i i look for them to put out more product uh and i, I really wish that it hits probably closer to that four to five year range i think that would be a good good spot but i'm not there every day tasting it maybe there's somebody that picked out a barrel of this and then got two or three after and like this is all good to go and then they mixed it together and thought uh, you know, it should have been gone out of this sure. barrel. Who knows? But it's just not ready. Even if Marianne Eves put it together, I mean, I can make a grilled cheese with the best cheese ever, you yeah. know? But if I put it in the pan and I pull it out five seconds later, I'm eating a cheese sandwich. I'm not eating a grilled yeah. cheese. This is the cheese sandwich. It's You're not still, done yet. <laughs> yes. Does, it doesn't time. Exactly. You're on, still on, eating the craft single sandwich. Yeah. You know? On that note, though, doesn't this have a white bread 
note to it on the finish. It's got a white bread note throughout. It's it's. I mean, just it, it is very Wonder Bready. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's like the bread that sticks to the top of your mouth. Exactly, like white bread. Yeah, exactly. And it, which, which is not a bad thing, but it it totally feels like <laughs> it's like Wonder Bread. Yeah. <laughs> it. I don't hate it, but I am so underwhelmed. I yeah no I don't this. I don't think this is hitting the mark that they they thought it would, and I I hate the notion that, and I'm not I don't think any of us are saying this is actually the case. I understand money's a vital part of this business, but at the same time, I don't like the idea of a bourbon being put out dictated by shareholders as opposed to somebody you've assigned Mm-mm. saying I'm going to select the product to put it out when exactly. it's ready. And if that's the case for Mary and Eve's leaving, I totally understand because this, if they were to put the Castle and Key name on this, I don't think as a master distiller, I could go home at the end yeah. of the day and say, I was no, really no, proud of this. There's a reason that they put this under Pinhook and not themselves. Well, I don't think that they licensed this out to Pinhook. I think that it was something that they contracted with Pinhook. Okay. Right, it, it it wasn't like yeah yeah they tasted it and went oh, I don't know about this we better sell this off to somebody no I think no that, yeah that's not you what know I'm... it was going to be pinhook regardless so it it definitely does taste like they ju- they jumped way too soon and even by way too soon I mean I would think like a year I mean I. I'm so conflicted with this because it does have good flavor to it. Yeah. It has really good notes to it. But it just doesn't hit the mark. Yeah. And that's that's it. So what do you guys think about this review? Which, by the way... Um, we have a four-tier system. It is nose, palate, finish, and price. Each category is out of five, and then we total everything up for a score out of 20. So, Curtis and Swan, what do you give the nose? I'm giving it a two for the nose. I'm going to give it a three. I think it's it's just so meh. It's just not... I'm not excited about it. It doesn't entice me to want it at all. This See, is... I, I think that it is pretty classic rye whiskey nose. Not overly so, but it just seems like it's presenting itself as... <laughs> you're going to drink me and you're going to know it's a rye whiskey. <laughs> See, the only reason I'm even giving it a two is because it's starting to lean in towards that almost savory thing that some of sure. the the rise do, and the minty, and it's got that going on. But for the most part, it just seems like it just seems like this was meant to be a bread recipe, and it came out Ooh. as as this. Okay, and I just I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, I, the other brand that does that is Makers. I'm not, just yeah. not a huge Makers fan. So I don't know. It's just I, not, I it's like not for the me. nose a lot. 
personally. I like the palette better. But I, I like the palette less. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but go ahead. I, I mean, I, I'm with Swan on it's a two. Yeah. And I did same. He's He did. I, palette's 2.5 for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a ton much better, but. It, uh, it needs more time. Palette's a two for me. For me, it's just. It, everything it's to do with about so this is. Watery. I think the foundation of this is like, yes, I understand where we're going with this. Yeah. But the time has not been given to it, and that's what you need. Yeah, and I'm I'm even trying to think, like, who is this targeted towards? If I'm a new rye drinker, this is not as bad because it's not aggressive. I'm almost at the point now where I want my rye to hurt me a little bit. I want that, like, <laughs> warm, really, like, embracing hug that the Wild sure. Turkey 101 rye gives me. Or the Pikesville, or even Rittenhouse, and I just don't, I just don't get that with this. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of giving it a two and a half over a two, just because I I think from a new rye drinker's perspective, this is not that bad of an intro, especially 97 proof, because it drinks more like it's about 86. To me. Yeah, I I agree. I think that it doesn't. <laughs> it it really just doesn't have a whole lot on the palate that I'm excited yeah. about. And I think that's why I'm leaning towards two. Because it it goes so flat. I mean, like it hits you right up front and then just tapers off. And even the finish. I the the finish for me non-existent. Yeah, no, it, no, I gave it a not. one. It, it, it's, it's kind of a it's bitter. green apple. Yeah, no, it, it's so green tart. apple and a bitter note, and and that's it. Yeah, and for that, I'm gonna give it a one. I give it yeah. a one. Just to go back to the palette, I'm giving it a palette two and a half because I do feel like it does have more of that minty, more of the rye kind of spice you're wanting. Sure, uh, but but I mean. To, it's half a point better than the palate, so I mean, than the uh, the nose. So, you yeah. know, take that with what 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 you will. Yeah. Uh, Finish. It's again one and a half. I don't. I, I'm I'm going straight up one. I mean, it it's either it is not non-existent, but it is so whatever. It's so whatever for me. I don't I don't care. I don't care about it. You know? No. Like it it doesn't it doesn't hit me in any way that a rye whiskey does. This is I think the most bland rye through and through. Generally, and, yeah. I, mean, I get a lot of like this rye is definitely rye. It's so much rye spice I can't yeah. handle it. This is just meh. Yeah. It's not And I, I hate to yeah. say that because I I wanted to love this so much. Yeah. I really, really went into this going, I am excited about it. I want to give this every opportunity. And you know what? I did. But there is not enough to this rye whiskey. 
that can justify anything over a 10 out of 20, which I think is what I gave it. Well, what's the price total? on this? So you can get this at retail for 40. I picked this up for 45. Um, I have a hard time giving it over a one for price. I don't 45. enjoy it. You said I I got it for forty five, but at retail it's forty. I don't I don't enjoy it at all. I don't want to pay any money for it. To be honest, that's the oh problem. gosh, I way overestimated on my <laughs> my final score. I'm yeah. sorry. No, yeah, th- I was th- like, this is this is an eight. To... This is an eight total for me. <laughs> I just I can't I can't imagine spending money on this, knowing what it is now. I I don't. I'm not picking up a bottle. Yeah, I mean, so the the price at a one is more of just a well. I gotta have. I gotta give them something. You know. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I just. It's not. It's not enjoyable for me. I. I think though, with the base flavors, there's the potential for them to come back and really make a strong swing at this. Sure. At three and a half, four, four, maybe even five years, yeah. on it. But, I mean. You've got such strong competitors right now. You've got Wilderness Trail. You've got New Rift putting yeah. out their rye. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Peerless. Even at an obscene price point comparatively, all are knocking them out of the water. I mean, yeah. it's just not its not worth it. And Pinhook so far has also fallen into that kind of maker's collectible market already. You know, there's definitely people that try to collect them all because I believe each one has a different horse name on the bottle. And it's just, that's not a draw to me, knowing what the actual juice inside is. Yeah, just don't care. I just don't care. Just don't. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad they have a marketing thing, a gimmick, if you will, but I just, I don't, I don't care. Especially. No, I don't care. Yeah, the only, <laughs> the interest in this. like, just I know way window. too many horses to, <laughs> I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> The only draw to this bottle, legitimately to me, is is this is the first release of Castle and Key Juice. That's it. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah. Otherwise, it it it's a hard eight, eight out of twenty. I gave well, it a six conclude, and a half. Yeah, I gave it a seven. I I mean maybe I'm being a little bit too generous with it, but I just I don't I don't get it. No, I I think that this was a serious misstep. I gen I genuinely think you give this time. I th- I yeah no I I agree with you, but significantly better. Th- this it's just is tough. not it. It's tough when you're comparing to some of the, you know, wilderness trail to uh to um sorry um. Peerless and New Riff, you yeah. got all that. Peerless, New Riff. Yeah. To be like, it's the same same time. Yeah. Well, we just had Elijah Craig Rye. It's cheaper. Yeah. And way better. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I think that the Elijah Craig Rye knocks it way out of the park. Yeah, and that's what it, I would consider non-traditional because it's got so much citrus. Yeah. It's much better. Yeah, six and a half. I mean, what's that like thirty? That's like thirty three percent. It's it's not good, man. A third. Yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> you know what's what our is lowest? Good? 
Yeah, it's it's on the low end. I it's, mean, yeah. In, I think Oregon Spirit is probably our, our that and Cherry What Smoked Barley are probably. Oh, our and uh, the benchmark. That and the uh, mellow, mellicorn, mellicorn. I thought we we did it pretty low. Oh, I don't think we've reviewed that one yet. Uh, it was just flying blind, but we said it was bad. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't know. It Do was you, when it was you, just you and me. Well. Time for a revisit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But you know what I do remember is that we have uh questions from our listeners. Oh yeah. That I'm gonna allow Swan to bring up here in just a second. Uh you can ask us questions every time that we do a recording. Uh and it is on our Facebook group. Uh you just head to Facebook.com and search for this is my bourbon group. And we'll make sure that you get to be a part of that really fun little community. Swan. What's our first question? All right. These are very specific. I read through all of them. Uh, yeah, they're they're wow. different. Yeah. <laughs> the four of you are the last remaining souls on Earth. As a group, you stumble upon a fully functional distillery. Assuming you have everything you needed, how long does it take your group to produce something drinkable? I have no idea how long it would take for me to make a delicious distillate. Also, who are the four of us? I'm assuming they're adding Chad. <laughs> I don't know who the fourth is. <laughs> but That's no, funny. this is from Matt Porter. If I'm being honest. Also, ADHD whiskey. Yeah. Love you, buddy. I mean, if we're the only people on the planet, I want something to drink. <laughs> I'm drinking White Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just. But I don't know how to make that. That's the question is like. It, I'm dead. From the, from the ground True. up. I cannot tell you how to make whiskey. I cannot tell you how to distill anything or ferment it or any. I mean, you know, I can throw some grapes in a barrel, I guess, with whatever water. I don't know how you make wine. How do you make wine? I don't know. I think you're not giving us collectively all four of us enough credit. I think uh, again, the I fourth think, of us is Chad, which is yeah. so funny. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think we would be able to at least get something to like that, and then we'd refine, refine, refine. We would start off with like moonshine. At, at the very least, it would take me. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go really really conservative here. A year. I I cannot imagine to make moonshine. I don't, but I don't understand the process behind it. If I can't boil corn, like malted, <laughs> malted barley and like rye, and then it just somehow makes whiskey, I'm dead. I'm not. It's not happening. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so the question was, how long? Yeah, I'm gonna be that guy in the group project that. I showed up. That's my contribution. That's it. Like, I can't... How long... Sorry. How long for what, again? How long does it take your group to produce something drinkable? Oh. That's the thing. I'd say two or three years. <laughs> but here we are as two to three years. I'd say two years. Jeez. I'd, I'd say think, a year. I think the problem with us would not be narrowing down a good recipe. I think honestly we'd know about enough about like general percentages. That Here's would be the, fine. It'd be the process. Well, I have no idea. I think we'd be all right. Here's you have my a thing lot of is, confidence. If if that's if that is the only 
task we have. They aren't asking us to oh, put up. You know what? I mean, that that's... they aren't asking us to put up. We need a four-year bourbon. <laughs> okay, all drinkable. right, drinkable. Fair enough. And I guess I wasn't taking into account like the books that would still be around. I mean, we could go to the library and find yeah. a book on distillation. And I'm still dead. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do like it. Alcohol's a necessity. <laughs> it is. All right. All right. This one, I really enjoy this question because I think I'm honestly guilty of a couple of these, but also I just enjoy enjoy it. Bourbon social post. One has to go. The look what I scored bottle crotch shot post or going to stand here in the liquor store and ask, is this a good price post? Which one would you get rid of? Um, I, I would just crotch shot or would you get rid of the, is this a decent price post? I I don't mind the crotch shot posts as much. I don't either. I I get so tired of the decent po or decent price post because that means that somebody is thinking about the return on investment, right? What gets me about it is you have the time to go and post on social media about a bourbon to ask if it's a good price and wait for responses, but you don't have time to use the same phone to search whether or not it's actually a good price. <laughs> yeah. At that point, most of them are generally like, oh, I found this rare expensive whiskey. <laughs> good price or not? Like, you're more flexing on the yeah. fact that you have found some cool whiskey and you want sure. to know if it's a good price. Sure. I'd get rid of that. Not I that think... I enjoy seeing crotches in cars and steering wheels, but... Well, no. Yeah. I definitely would get rid of that one. Uh, I will say that I have had a few times where I go, yo, Perry. But a good price? See, so the difference, though, is a massive widespread post versus asking somebody else privately sure however i would say that out of the three of us we we have a pretty high knowledge of what that is from somebody on the outside going like i genuinely don't know <laughs> and i don't have a perry yeah. or a swan or a or a curtis to to ask that's true, but you can also go to accounts like Overpriced Bourbon, which is a great account, by the way, and just see what's good, what's yeah. bad, based on those but comments. But how many followers does that? Thousands. Mm-hmm. Thousands. It's big. All right. And I then on top of it, you can also take literally any bourbon and then tack on SRP at the end of it and generally get yes. a price Yeah. straight from the TTB or whoever's decided to put out I think this labels. more comes down to... You should just Google it. Over, <laughs> overpriced bourbon has been featured on like GQ. Okay. I yeah. mean, it, yeah. they they started out very small like us and all of a sudden somebody picked them up and Yeah. went. Ah, yeah, we're get- So we're getting rid we're getting rid of that. Some bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting rid of that for sure. Anyway, all right. Next one. Is, oh, that last one was from Eric Smith. Thank you, by the way. That was a great post. Uh, 
Anthony Radcliffe says, let's say coronavirus does go sideways here and you wind up quarantined. Let's also say that your first choice of bourbon to, to bunker up with is unavailable for whatever reason. What bottle are you guys clearing the shelves of to help you make it through? So this is assuming your first choice you can't get. And your second choice has to be readily available on the shelf and you are comfortable enough bunkering up with a good amount of it. Also, I hope that six months from now, there's nobody listening to this podcast going, coronavirus took over and like, it's just walking dead, but coronavirus. But, um, I mean, my first go-to is Turkey 101 for sure, but... If Rare I, breed, Knob Creek, single barrel. Yeah. I yeah. It's just hard to beat. Also, like I don't mean not I don't know. Any of the Heaven Hill Bottle and Bonds. I mean I'm just gonna I mean look, Heaven Hill Bottle and Bond was prescribed for readily available. Would you consider Booker's readily available? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I get a different expression four times a year. <laughs> so not during an outbreak, maybe, but <laughs> that's but, not the question. That's true. It does say what bottle are you guys clearing the shelves of, so I'm assuming that means it does have to be readily available. All right, so we're going lower. Uh, but no, I mean, you could technically go and get whatever the current release of Booker's is and just empty it. Again, yeah, like, I'll, I'll say that. We'll take that off the table. I don't think that's fair. I mean, again, I would go Turkey 101, but... I would go any bottled and bond. I feel like JW Dant. Uh, yeah. yeah. TW Samuels. Samuels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Yeah. yeah. We're in we're in agreement. Yeah. yeah. Also a good one. Uh this one's from Charles Van Ness. Do you think there will be an Elijah Craig barrel proof rye uh, to come out? If so, when? I I don't think that there will be. I'm hopeful, and I think it'll probably be a good two to three years. Because, I mean, well, probably even longer. Because look at the gap between Larceny and Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. It True. was, what, like seven I mean, I, I would be all for it, but I don't think that it's a reality. Yeah. I think it'd be that's difficult. My, that's my big thing. <laughs> yeah. I think... The only competition you'd have at that point with a limited release of that would be what? Like Thomas Handy? Ooh. If you were to compare that to Thomas Handy, I don't know how that would hold up. I think they're waiting for the response to this current ride to see what it's like. Because if it comes out and it's like the sales are a quarter of what the regular Elijah Craig is and they're not happy with that, I can't see them thinking, well, let's double down. Sure. And go for a Lush Craig Barrel Proof Rye. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But hopefully soon, if it does happen, I'd like would, to see that. Yeah. I would love for that to happen. I'm fine with it. Oh, we still have tips and bits to go. <laughs> yeah. Let's do those real quick, and then we can wrap up. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I have been watching this YouTube channel recently. Uh, the guy's name is Chris Stuckman with two N's. At the end, he does uh, movie reviews. He is so good at what he does and is 
so knowledgeable about the process behind creating movies and the excitement behind it and everything. He actually swan reminds me a lot of you. Oh no. No, 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 no. It, like it, in a good way. I mean, you, you have very similar personality traits and you, you hold yourself kind of the same way. So I would encourage people to go watch his movie reviews. I mean, sweet. It, yeah. It, I, I really like it. So yeah. Chris yeah. Stuckman, two ends. There you go. Uh, so mine is going to be Ronnie Chang. I love Ronnie Chang. <laughs> I love Ronnie Chang so, so much. So I recently, uh, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to let you finish, but all right, right Kanye. No, 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 no. I know. But so this, I'm ties... Taylor Swift. I'm so, I'm just so <laughs> yeah, emotional no, 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 right no. now. Hold on. Hold on. So guess where Ronnie Chang got his start? where australia <laughs> yeah no i know yeah 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 so all of the podcasts that i listen to and all the comedy that i love from australia they're all like they all love ronnie chang that's awesome and so like i knew him from the daily show and i knew you know his reputation and everything but then like he was on don't you know who i am which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time uh and i was like oh my gosh He's been around for a lot longer than I thought he was, but I love Ronnie Chang so much. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm a newcomer to Ronnie Chang, obviously because he has a Netflix special that just came yes. out. Uh, but I watched that and died. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was laughing. It was just me and Ronnie Chang. <laughs> and I just... Dude, every joke, the napkins joke... The napkin soak of like, oh, you know, you go somewhere and you're like, 50 napkins, <laughs> glass of water, here's 10 napkins. <laughs> I just, so, it related so well to me that I was just like, I mean, it does. It yeah, does. It happens. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And I throw them away. <laughs> anyway, go watch Ronnie Chang. He's great. I've been watching this uh, new show on Netflix. It came out with the second season not too long ago and just confirmed a third. It's called Sex Education. Yes, I've heard of it. Hilarious, yeah, absolutely hilarious. It's just the snowball of telling a lie. You just see it come to life in a show, and it's just all teenage angst and ridiculousness. It's hilarious to me. I definitely recommend watching it. Maybe not one you watch with your kids. Probably for the best. Yep. <laughs> but funny. So yeah. definitely, definitely take a um, take a look at that. Yeah. Well. I think that does it for this week's episode. We've been here for a long time. Thank you all so much for sticking with us for as long as you have. Curtis and Swan, I love you guys. Thank you for being on this week again. Love you too, man. Yeah, and it's been it's been good. It's been a time. <laughs> a good time. Yeah. I hope a good time. We've had white bread liquefied. Yeah. <laughs> well, if people want to follow up with you on your thoughts on white bread, and how that pertains to the feeding of swans. Where can they do that? Only if it's in crumb form, but it'll be at my bourbon finder on Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. <laughs> on Instagram, you can find me at KurtCon on Twitter, Kurt underscore Con 15. If you want to follow me personally, I am at PureRider1492 on all social media platforms. If you would like to follow up with the show, it is at my bourbon pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can give us a five-star rate and review 
on the iTunes podcast app. Uh, I do have a review from Stephen who says, uh, great podcast for bourbon lovers. Huge fan of the show. I've been listening for over a year and look forward to every Wednesday when it's released. Keep it up, guys. Stephen, thank you so much for reviewing the show. We really do appreciate that. You can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. I think we might have a sale coming up here soon as we are approaching episode 125. There is a live hangout thing happening soon so if you want to find out more about that you can head to patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast which is also where you can become a patron of the show for as little as a dollar a month but at the five dollar tier you can check out all of our exclusive content like bonus episodes but then at ten dollars you can be a part of our exclusive hangouts and if you are just a part of our community at Patreon, and I'm just going to keep talking in this voice. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can check out our monthly live streams, too, which are going to be starting up here very soon. I think that does it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for sticking with us. I know it's been a little bit longer than normal. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> I'm tired. It's coming out like... This episode is coming out like two days after we are recording it. So, yeah, that's it. It, We'll see you guys next week. But until then, I'm Perry. I'm Curtis. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast, and I'm going to bed. Good night.